Welcome to Celebrate Cultivate, a podcast about celebrating the good in life and cultivating more of what we want. I'm your host, Kayleen Seuss. My intention is to offer deep breaths, high vibes, and ideas for appreciating the magic in everyday life. Let's get to it. Hello friends, welcome back to another interview in this season two series of conversations with people I admire and adore. We're spending the next several weeks talking all about celebrating, cultivating, changing, and creating. And of course, we're getting into the magic in everyday life too. Today I have with me Rachel Krita of Rock & Co., Rachel offers one-on-one hypnotherapy through a modality called RTT, along with group courses, an amazing newsletter, and she also sells hand-selected crystals. I met Rachel on Instagram, of course, and I've been in her DMs for years now. I've done two RTT sessions with her, and both experiences were so transformative that I'm definitely sent friends her way. I just think hypnotherapy is a really powerful tool and Rachel has some serious magic up her sleeves. I admire how she explores and expands in her own knowledge and how she supports her community. A little bit more about Rachel. She started her online crystal shop, Rock & Co in 2016 while juggling two kids and a career in advertising. Rachel was guided by a strong knowing after a chance encounter with a piece of citrine which I think we can all relate to because who hasn't found a crystal that's changed her life. Her intuition served her well with Rock & Co growing rapidly and it became one of the most coveted crystal brands in Australia. In 2017, she left the advertising world to focus full-time on Rock & Co and her growing work within the healing space. Rachel hosted regular workshops and events across Australia and New Zealand, educating and empowering people to harness the healing power of crystals within their own lives. In 2018, inspired by her love of healing and fascination with how the subconscious can create our reality, Rachel completed her studies to become a certified hypnotherapist and RTT therapist. That's rapid transformational therapy, and we'll be talking about it today for sure. Rachel has such a kind and beautiful spirit, and I love the way she shares online. Every time I connect with her, I feel uplifted and expanded. Beyond that, I've experienced some true healing through RTT, and I so appreciate that she left the stability and structure of her advertising to career to pursue the world of magic, woo, and healing. So Rachel, I'm so excited to welcome you to Celebrate Cultivate. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That was such a beautiful introduction. I could just feel my heart bursting and expanding while you were saying it. Thank you. I'm so yes. glad you slid into my DMs all those years ago. And, um, and I love becoming friends with my community. Yeah, it's just such a magical space. I mean, for as much as Instagram and social media can be wacky and weird and addictive it's also a place where i know so many of us have found like true kinship and community and connection and you and i are speaking to each other from other sides of the world other seasons other daytimes right now like it's nighttime here it's daytime there it's just unbelievable that 
we have found such connection. And I mean, Rachel and I joke often that we're going to meet in real life at some point. And it's like, it's a, it's a <laughs> given, like it's absolutely going to happen. It doesn't even matter how, like we don't care. It's just certainly going to happen. Totally. I just know I'm going to, I mean, COVID obviously, but I just had this feeling that I'm going to be in the States in the next couple of years, a little bit more. So yeah. Well, we'll See be happy how to goes. have you. Yes. yes, exactly. Well, let's start with RTT. Like, what is it? And how did you even get into it being that you were like in advertising, which is really like, you know, quote unquote, normal to like this whole new life? Yeah, well, I was a strategist in advertising. And so I already had a deep passion for consumer psychology and, you know, how to connect with people. And so I was already really interested in psychology just and healing in general through my own work experience, but I guess also through my own personal experience and my own healing journey. And as I got older and had kids, I just started to just dive into it more and more. And in terms of RTT, it's a bit of a funny story because I was doing a lot of online hypnosis and I knew I wanted to study something in the healing realm. And I was going to study kinesiology right until the 11th hour. And then my gut just went, no, (laughs) it's, it's hypnotherapy. And I just, and I saw that the creator Marissa Pierce was coming out to Sydney. And so I just took the leap and joined the course. So, and I'm super, super happy that I did because it has changed my life and the people that I have connected with and the clients that I have worked with have just absolutely blown my mind. Hmm. 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 And so tell us more about what, what is RTT for like some, my grandma listens to this podcast sometimes, so she definitely doesn't know what it is. Well, it stands for rapid transformational therapy and it's a combination of NLP, CBT, um, and psychotherapy and hypnosis. And what it does is that it helps you get to the root cause of the issue. So quite often I have people that will come, let's say for emotional eating as an example, or binge eating and rationally, they know where they want to go. Rationally, they, they know all the food that they want to eat. They know that they don't want to binge anymore, but there's just something that's running in this subconscious blueprint that they don't understand why they do it. And then quite often, once we have an understanding of why we do something that gives us an incredible freedom, number one. So that's, that's sort of one part of it. And then the other part is rewiring that subconscious. So together we, we understand the root cause of whatever you come to see me about, whether that is emotional eating, whether that's smoking, whether that is confidence issues, whether that I have people come even for sole purpose, you know, what is blocking them from discovering their sole purpose in their mission. And so we uncover the why, and then we rewire the subconscious because I guess hypnosis in the past has been all about the rewiring with the positive. Um, but the difference with RTT is you really, you do, you do need to understand the root cause to create great change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's been, that's been really, I think the biggest takeaway for me from doing RTT was 
when we would go back and discover the root cause, it was always very surprising, like, and way more like mundane for my experience. Like I was like, Oh, okay. That makes so much more sense. And from my adult brain now I can see that situation in a new clarity and it just gives me like a sense of almost reparenting. A lot of my mm -hmm. RTT work has been like coming in and being this adult Kayleen that I can embody now and really caring for the previous versions of me that didn't have all this life experience and, and study that I've had. Is that common or is that like unique? No, that's very, very common. I'd say the vast majority is inner child work. Okay. The vast majority is reparenting and, and I guess just releasing yourself from that story. So even though it was very mm -hmm. true and very real for you at three or four or five, you also start to realize that that actually isn't your story anymore and you don't need to take that with you anymore. I do have people that will go back to past lives as well. So sometimes it's a mix of past lives and inner child. So it's a combination of both sometimes. Yeah. That's really cool. I've just started to think about some of this work as self-care and I'm wondering if we always have to have a problem to solve or is there a situation in which RTT is like a healing supportive practice and I don't come to you with like this list of ailments, but I just come to you because th this is something that feels good to me. It's mm, a great question. I believe firmly that we always have the answers within always. And it doesn't matter whether that is um, a big problem, let's say in your life and something that you want to overcome or whether you just want clarity around something, then, then that's also an opportunity for you to explore the subconscious. So, and that's why I think it's so important that people do explore their subconscious and whether that is through hypnosis or meditation or even journaling can sometimes get you into that lower brainwave state. So whatever modality people resonate with, they can access this truth themselves. They can access the answers within themselves. Sometimes I think it's really beautiful to have a supportive practitioner with you as you do that, especially if it's big and deep and, and you want to feel supported. And then sometimes with the, the little clarity pieces that you're looking for, you can do that on your own as well. So you, I think it's just about being in touch with yourself and going, okay, is this, is this something I want support with, or is this something that I can do on my own? And I think, and I still do that in and out of that. So, yeah. 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 That's great. Okay, cool. Well, let's jump into some of the, the questions that I have for you regarding rituals and rhythm. So when it comes to your work, do you have any rituals or practices that you cultivate to support you in, in how you show up for your clients? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. I, most days when the kids leave, I'll put on music and sometimes that is loud indie rock. <laughs> and sometimes that is more like creation and slow music. And often I will dance just as I clean the kitchen and just get ready for the day. I feel like dancing movement music are really, really important to me and how I can get back into my body before a session. The other thing that I often love to do is some Palo Santo and sandalwood just to really 
I guess, center myself before a session. And almost, it's almost like I announce that the session is opening um, Mm -hmm. before I connect with the client. Sometimes I'll have my large selenite with me under my feet. And, and that is just really to feel protected and open and listening to my own intuition through the session. And quite often I will also call in my angels and guides to be with me, to help me connect the dots for this person, or I'll ask their angels and guides to be with them so that they feel supported and open during the session as well. So they're, they're the practices that I tend to do beforehand. And then I guess after a session, it's just become even more important for me to ground. And I think that just going out into the backyard, putting my feet on the ground or laying down with my back on the ground is just something that is really, really important to me now. Does that feel like a ceiling or like a closing of the energetic space when you're grounding or how, how does, what does that represent for you? I think it just represents to me anything that I've hung on to from the session or anything that is circulating in my mind, just being able to push that through to the center of the earth and know that that session is complete, know that I have shown up and done everything I could do to support that person in their transformation and then letting it go. It's a bit of a, yeah, I guess it's a letting go ritual for me so that I don't think about it afterwards or, um, yeah. I could really see doing that in bed every night Mm. at the end of the day, just like that same sense of laying my full body down and just like laying the day to rest. Like I, that's such a cool idea. I love that you do that. Yeah. I guess it's easier in Australia to do that sort of grass practice (laughs) because it's pretty, even in winter, it's not usually too cold. Well, Austin's pretty mild. It's definitely beautiful right now, but there are certainly times of the year that I wouldn't want to go lay out on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) What about in your everyday life? What do you do to help you stay calm and centered and connected when you're not in work mode, but you're just in your mom, partner, life mode? meditation every single morning before the kids get up. So my little boy usually gets up about 6am. So I tend to wake up at 5.30, just sit up in bed. I don't even get out of bed, just sit up and do my 20 minutes meditation. And that just really, I feel like that really grounds me for the day ahead. I'm double air. I'm Gemini sun, Libra rising. And so I can naturally be quite up in my head. And so it's really important for me to ground before the day starts. And I also use a lot of obviously hypnosis. I love hypnosis. And so whatever I'm working through at the time, I might create my own little recording. So at the moment, it's a lot about letting go of control and welcoming in creativity and just letting go of anything that's not serving me at the moment. That's a really thing that I'm putting in my own hypnosis and my own recordings. And then I also love affirmations or mantras, whatever you might call them. I love looking myself in the eyes, in the mirror and saying whatever it is that is coming up for me at the time. So, and that, I think that with affirmations and mantras, what I've found for my clients and for myself to be true is they can't be bullshit. Like they can't be something that's such a big stretch that you don't, kind of believe that it's happening so you know i think 
when I see people write, I am enough on a mirror, that doesn't really like hit home for me. And so mm-hmm. it might be for me, for a client that has had a long time of not being feeling loved and supported, it might just be that they can look themselves in the mirror and go every day in every way I'm, I'm doing better. You know, something that's actually mm-hmm. real and mm-hmm. believable for me at the moment, you know, a lot of my affirmations are about just letting go of control and fully trusting in the divine and really, really being there present and being grounded. So that's a lot of my affirmations and mantras at the moment. And then often uh, the other practice that I love is I pull my own cards for each month of the year. So I'll do that um, at, I'll probably do that around soon, like October, November. And so for the following year, and so that I can really lean into, is it a rest month? Is it an action month? And I'll plan my calendar accordingly. Wow. I love that. I pulled my own cards for the first time this year, but I haven't really connected to like the planning part oh. or to the rest or work. So I, that's very helpful guidance for me just to keep in mind. Have you found that your mantras have evolved since incorporating them in your work as an RTT practitioner? Like it's a big part of what you do. So has, because I think sometimes it can be hard to come up with your own mantras. Um, I found, I write them for my clients sometimes when mm. I'm coaching and they love it, but I sometimes I'm like, what do I, what is mine? But when you give me a mantra, I'm like, yes, I got it. <laughs> so I'm just wondering if you feel like you've, that's evolved. I, it's something that I never actually even used to use until I became an RTT therapist and before I became a hypnotherapist, because I, I guess I didn't, value them as much maybe i didn't see the impact that they could create but the minute i started actually being an rtt practitioner and using them in my own life i just saw i felt that things were moving a lot faster for me and implanting in my subconscious a lot faster when i was able to look myself in the eye and do that in terms of creating them i feel like it does kind of come easily i don't know why i just i'm i'm usually pretty aware of what i'm working on at the time or what i'm releasing at the time and so i'll make it around that mhm i love that good when you're in your everyday life do you feel the need or the desire to be this like perfectly calm spiritually connected person because of the work that you do No, I'm human. I think that the work that I've done has actually made me more compassionate to myself because I've seen just how hard we are all are on each other. And, and I guess just more at peace that I'm always doing the best I can. That's so helpful. And it's just really encouraging to know that as you pursue this path of healing and knowledge and expansion, that you can always come back to the fact that at the end of the day, we're human. We are experiencing this human reality and we will have human reactions. And the growth is in the expression of compassion to ourselves mm. and to others. Yeah. And I think I've seen so many clients blocking their expression. And that has been a real block for so many people feeling like they have to be perfect or they can't get angry or they can't get sad or they can't express themselves. And so for me, it's become even more important that not only do I express myself 
um, and speak honestly to the kids and my husband, but I'm also teaching them at the same time that it is normal and human to express themselves. And, and so if I do feel frustrated in a moment, I will actually say to the kids, I feel frustrated because X, Y, and Z and show them that we're, we, we're human. We're meant to have a wide range of emotions. Yes. And you're, you're also exhibiting that riding of the wave of emotions. And I'm sure that you have times where you go to them and you're like, wow, I really freaked out there. <laughs> And now I'm okay. So let's talk about what happened and and being able to kind of circle back. And I mean, I've noticed even just in my own, my children are younger than yours, but they're so vibrant in their expressions. It has made me more so. And I feel like that in another space and time, I may have felt guilty or like self-conscious about that. But now I'm like, if I feel like growling, I'm going to growl because Mm. they don't even think it's that weird. And it feels so much better to get that out. Totally. It really does. So I like what you said about how you have seen that it's, you know, not an individual issue to feel like you've been trying to keep this perfection. You've been trying to hold it all in. And really that's just not meant, that's not how our energy is meant to flow. We're meant to express, we're meant to feel this wide range of emotions. And when we do, there's also this weird centering back that happens. Like the wider you can express, there's also like this way that you can come back. Do you know what I mean? Like totally. And also I think we've, we've grown up labeling emotions as good or bad. And actually they're just, all they're there to do is to, you know, just like, okay. So physical, our physical body gives us signs. Our physical body tells us when we're hungry or we're tired. And then we act on those signs. Now our emotional body gives us signs too. So if we're feeling angry, sad, upset, it's important for us to tune in with that and go, okay, why do I feel like this? Do I need to release something? Do I need to express something? Is there something that's not in alignment for me now? You know, getting into that practice of tuning into your emotional body, just like you would your physical body is something that I think is really important for all of us. Oh, yeah. You just put language to feelings that I've had for a really long time. But yeah, we absolutely have to tune into that emotional body as much, if not more than our physical body, because chicken egg, I'm not sure, but they definitely play off of each other. And if your emotions Um, are all out of whack, your body is going to be telling you things, too. Yeah. And if you're not listening to your emotions, then quite often I see that then people don't know how to listen to their physical body. So they don't know when to stop eating. They don't know when to, um, when they feel hungry, they might not be in tune with their physical body. If they're not in tune with their emotional body too, they are very connected. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. So 2020 has been a lot for a lot of us. And so I feel like enough has been said about that. And what I really like to know is when you look back on this year, what do you want to celebrate about it? I want to celebrate rest, integration, learning to surrender, learning to let go at a whole new level. And I think that 
if it hadn't have been for COVID and, you know, the rug being pulled out from underneath us and being forced to actually really stop, I'm not sure I ever would have learned this lesson so deeply as I've learned it this year. And, um, and by doing that, I've realized that it is such, and I know I'd read it before. I'd read how important rest and integration and intellectually I understood how much of an important part of the healing process they were, but it wasn't until I could embody it that this year that I really, really learned it. And, and all the healing work that I had done over the last five, 10 years, I feel like was able, I was able to really embody it and integrate it this year. And so, so yeah, it's, it's been something that I will never forget. (laughs) I'm sure none of us are ever going to forget 2020. Um, But for me, it's really been about just how important the integration and rest part of the healing process is. Sometimes when we have these like big realizations, there's also something that happens, at least for me, and I think other people have it too, where you also kind of know that you might not remember this exactly the way as deeply as you do right now. So let's imagine that life goes back to normal because I think it's going to, and you're in the rush, in the mix, and everything's happening. The kids are in school, work is busy. It's all the way it used to be. How are you going to hold on to this new realization that rest and integration is so important? And how will you come back to that? That's such a great question because actually I was talking about something similar with a girlfriend yesterday, which was about riding the wave and knowing now what part to stop at. So I've always been someone that I guess has those workaholic tendencies and wants to push and push and push. And I get so excited about stuff that I get into this momentum almost and everything else just has to drop by the wayside as I ride this wave. But in the past, what would happen is that I would ride that wave until the wheels fell off, until I crashed, until I um, went, oh my God, I need a holiday. I need to rest. And so I would push it until that point. Whereas now I guess what I'm understanding, and because here in Sydney, it kind of has gone back to normal already. You know, we are, the kids are back at school. and, And so we are already feeling that momentum, I guess, of, everything coming back on. And now I've noticed or what I'm trying to really embody and lean into is, okay, I'm starting to feel now like things are getting busy again. What support systems do I have in place? When is my next rest period? Do I need to do six clients next week or can I scale that back to four? Where am I building in rest into my schedule? And also, I guess, yeah, for me, support is a really big theme. So how I'm, you know, currently um, employing a VA for next year. I'm currently looking at someone that can help me with the crystal side of the business. So um, for me, I always used to feel like I had to do everything on my own. So making sure that I have support systems in place too, so that I can not push myself too far again. Yeah. Yeah. And as you were saying that, it was also helping me realize that by asking for support, you are also supporting other people in their careers, in their lives. So it isn't just about like, oh, that something's wrong with you because you can't do it all. Like you're 
in doing less, you're actually expanding your circle of influence and your ability to, to help others. Totally. But it's also just the stories that we tell too. So, you know, I had a real story around the fact that I had to do it myself. And, but then also that to a victim story in the background of like, oh, I'm just not supported. You know, I'm just, oh, I'm just not supported. It's like bullshit. You know, you are supported. Look at the all support around you and start calling in more. So, um, yeah, just getting into that habit. And this is something that I teach my clients, but something that I feel really passionately about is what are the stories that are going on that are blocking you? I want to talk about change. So that's something that you, we've talked about it a lot, transformation, change, whatever you want to call it. And you handle it's a lot with your work as a hypnotherapist, like people are coming to you wanting change. Mm. So do you think that it's always a struggle to change? No, I don't actually. I think, I mean, I'm, I love change personally. Um, and so I think that change can be both. Sometimes it can be really fast and rapid and easy. And sometimes it can feel really tough. If it's a belief that's been with you for your whole entire life, sometimes it will cause a lot of resistance to move out of that. And so that's why I do work with my clients for at least 28 days, if not three months, because I want them to feel supported as they go through and transition out of that change. For some people, just the understanding of where it stems from is such a quick release that that gives them a freedom to then they'll go I'll never think like that again I'll just Mm -hmm. never think like that again now that I understand why I do that that in itself is a massive release um but what can happen is that it's kind of like um I describe to people it's like one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake the subconscious blueprint because it builds up this resistance so we can have quite often you know, one, th- our mind wants to go one way, but this subconscious blueprint keeps putting the brake on as well. And so that's where people get this feeling of stuck as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll come, come to me quite often because they feel a bit stuck. What do you think is happening? Maybe, you know, scientifically from your studies and for your work, but if you don't know, then just tell me what your thoughts are around when, you feel like you've changed. You feel like you got this thing figured out. And then a few months or years go by and you're like, hold on a second. I've seen this before. And that thing is back staring you in the face. Like, why do you think this, the, the lessons that we're here to learn, why do they keep coming back if we feel like we figured it out? That's a good one. I would say that I would question whether that is exactly the same lesson because for me, um, you know, the letting go or the letting go of control that has changed so much. Like even though it's maybe the same theme in my twenties, that was causing me great anxiety, which I've now released now at the age of 40, what it is, is it's about, it's a deeper letting go. It's a deeper way of, you know, letting go in order for, to have creativity. So the evolution of that letting go, releasing control has completely changed. It's not mm. necessarily that the lesson has stopped. It's that the, the evolution of the lesson feels deeper. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And 
what we're ready to learn and what we're ready to change in one stage of our lives is going to be one thing and then totally different in another. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Totally different. You're blowing my mind. (laughs) You mentioned creativity. So I want to go there next. You have such a beautiful aesthetic on social media. And I feel like everything that you create has this like feeling of Rachelness or rock and co previously, <laughs> but now I feel like it's really you. Thank so you. yes, when it comes to creativity, do you have a process that you follow? I don't think I have a process exactly. I have things that I try at different times. In terms of aesthetics, that's always been really, really important to me. And I think that's maybe my Libra rising, but um, from my clothes to my bedspread to textures and fabrics around the house, it's really important for me for it to, it, for it to feel beautiful and to feel like it has my personality. It's a way of self-expression for me, clothing and, and my home. Um, inter- I've tried the artist way recently, which I loved, but I just can't, I find it the consistency sometimes a bit of a struggle with writing practices. And I guess that's a bit of resistance coming up for me, but I think creativity is one of those things that it's the way you do everything. And so that's mm-hmm. why it does come through your clothes or your social media or the way you interact with friends. And for some people that's cooking. And I mean, that's probably not my strength, but um, I think it is the way you do everything. And I had, um, I did my own RTT session. I did my own recording when it came to future pacing and where I see myself in five years, 10 years, 15 years. And for me, creativity was such a big theme that now when let's say the kids you know are doing arts and crafts in the backyard and and i'm feeling deep down i'm going oh no i just really don't want to mess up the house i just get i just got everything clean but for me what happens is what i do now is i tap into my future self i'm like well actually future me wants to have the house full of children future me wants to have the kids expressing themselves creativity, you know, creatively, uh, creatively. So for me, leaning into that future self when it comes to creativity is a useful trick. Um, the other I love weird- that. <laughs> I wonder what your future me thinks about writing. Like, I wonder if future me thinks that you need to be writing every day. I don't, what do you think? I think future me would want me to be writing every day. I think oh. that it is a bit of resistance around that. Um, but one weird process I have, and I even did this as a strategist in media agencies, I will write down all my thoughts on scraps of paper and post-it notes and stick them everywhere as they're coming out of me. And then, yeah, I have post-it notes and, and scribbled pieces of paper everywhere. And then quite often they will then, I'll find they will then turn into a course or a workshop down the track. So for me, I really need to express it and get it out onto a piece of paper, but it might not necessarily look like sitting down and writing it out in a succinct way straight up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, everybody has, especially with writing different approaches and different things that work. And it's like, you can learn Julia Cameron's artist way and take 
two pieces of information from that that are really transformative, but you obviously don't have to follow her thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you're writing posted every day, maybe that counts, you know? I think so. And the other way that I think that creativity pours through me is just by staying really open and once again, letting go of how it's meant to come through. So it ideas generally come to me in the shower or as I'm driving, as I'm kind of just dropping into those brainwave states where I'm not having any resistance at all. Mm-hmm. It's like you're sort of, yeah, on autopilot in one way or another, and then the ideas can kind of just fall in. Totally. What are you creating right now? Um, I've got an exciting collaboration coming up. It's actually an idea that did drop in in the shower for me, and it's not something that I would have ever have thought that I was I would be doing. So um, that's when I also get really excited about ideas, when it's not something that would have come to me through me sitting down and, and creating a strategy about where my business is heading. It's actually when it feels like something so divinely guided that you would never have thought of it yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a gift from the universe. Totally. That's great. One last question for you. How does the magic in everyday life show up for you? Everywhere, all the time. I think that I am someone that is really open to it. And I have an attitude that life is always working out for me. And so I guess I'm, I'm looking for confirmation to prove that. And I think that by doing that, you can find, you know, a, a song will pop on the radio and you just know that, that those words were meant to hit you at the right time that week. Or, you know, I'll be doing a, a session and I'll see a butterfly fly past the window and get goosebumps down my arms. Or, you know, I see people that opportunities flow into my life and it's just a knowing in my gut straight away that we're going to be friends or that, you know, like we said, we're going to meet one day. I just... I feel so lucky and I try and really cultivate that into my life because by having that attitude, I think that it just keeps you more and more open to more magic. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. Well, Rachel, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for sharing your magic with us here today. For those listening who are new to you, how can they follow your work and get in touch? Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you as well. Um, my Instagram handle is rock and co and my website is rachelcreather.com. And I'll have all the links for Rachel's information on our show notes at kayleenelise.com. So thank you so much as always for listening. I'd love to know what resonated with you from today's conversation, friends. So send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at kayleenelise. And make sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Those go out every Saturday and they're filled with goodness and inspiration. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Visit KayleenElise.com for links and notes from today's episode. Connect with me on Instagram. I'm at KayleenElise. Please share this pod with anyone who could use a little extra magic in their everyday life. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll talk to you then.